At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is VEASAN's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Another edition of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. And first and foremost, a tip of the cap to you, the listener, as the numbers, at least from what we're told, continue to rise. And let's keep it going. Tell a friend, tell family members, Christmas not too far away. What would be a better Christmas present than subscribing? to the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. It is the Thursday breakdown of the card, and Matt Humans, of course, is here. Matt, Matt Humans at 247 on Twitter. And before we get into the handicapping and our picks of these games, Matt, we have six games between top 25 teams. We have two games between top 10 teams, three games between top 15 teams. This is a absolutely loaded, loaded card. No question about it, Tim. And by the way, uh, how you lobby for subscribers and listeners every week, I admire that. But I also <laughs> am starting to suspect that you have a bonus check based on uh, the number of listeners we get to this podcast. Huh? I, I would like one. You maybe a Christmas bonus? Maybe. I don't know. We have to talk to some of the higher-ups about that. Uh, you got to be fired up for this college football card. The more I, I would say it's the best one of the season so far. And obviously, as you get deeper into the season, Tim, and the, we get higher stakes – on these games, we're going to have uh, some more big weeks down the road. But uh, right now, uh, I think this is the best we've had to date. And uh, I will tell you, it's about—it's almost my deepest betting card, too. It's going to be in the running uh, for 
the most number of bets I've had on a college football Saturday. Well, that is exciting for this podcast. Uh, you know, we always uh, break these games up into uh, different categories, and I think the uh, the entree uh, is like a, a rib cap or a filet mignon down at Barry's because it is absolutely incredibly juicy. So let's get to it. That main course. The main course. All right, we'll start where college game day will be, Matt Humans. It'll be in Rocky Top. Old Rocky Top, Tennessee, hosting Alabama. If you look in the AP poll, Alabama number three, Tennessee number six. This game, 3.30 Eastern kickoff on CBS. Your latest line as of time of record, Tennessee, a seven-point home underdog and a total of 65.5. I know this is a game that you already have a play in pocket. Uh, I'll point out a couple things that I'm sure you know, but uh, just to, to bear repeating, uh, Tennessee has not fared well in this rivalry the third Saturday in October. They have not beaten Nick Saban as the head coach of Alabama. 15 straight wins for Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide, 11-4 ATS. Josh Heupel as a dog at Tennessee, just 1-5 ATS. Certainly the questions about Bryce Young and his health are, 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 are up in the air. My assumption, Matt, would be that he is going to play. Uh, but how do you look at this game and what ticket do you currently have in pocket? Yeah, I think the uh, the information is that you should expect Bryce Young to play in this game for Bama. I, I played Tennessee plus seven and a half here. And uh, I know that you're going to see on Twitter this week a lot of people saying this is a square dog. You can't call every dog in a high-profile game this week a square dog. Some of these dogs are going to come through. So I'm not worried about that narrative. And in fact, a lot of the people on Twitter are calling it a square dog or square, squares themselves. Uh, so, you know, I don't care if I'm on the square side here. I think I'm on the right side with Tennessee, and that's all I'm concerned about. If you watched uh, the Crimson Tide in recent road games, Texas, Arkansas, <laughs> let's just say those two, you've seen a lot to be concerned about yeah. with this team on the road. You can go back to last, last year, Tim. Uh, Alabama should have lost to Auburn. That was not a good Auburn team. Okay, Texas is a pretty good team. Arkansas has some issues on defense, and uh, that was a game that Alabama led 28-0. Before you know it, it was 28-23. But the Arkansas defense was so bad uh, that the, the Hogs couldn't stay in the game. When you look at this Tennessee team, here are the positives. Hendon Hooker, since last year in the Tennessee program, 41 touchdowns, three interceptions. So you got a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. You can run the ball on the offensive side. On defense, you can stop the run. If you watched Tennessee's defense last week against LSU, I thought you saw a, um, a, a really good SEC defense that can't stop the run even against Alabama. So even if Bryce Young comes back, he's not going to be fully healthy. you got a tied team that's been struggling to put together really good performances on the road. Uh, if it's not now, when is it going to happen for Tennessee? I, I understand the history of this rivalry is lopsided in the past 15 years, and it's been Alabama. But this is the best Tennessee team we've seen in a while. If you can't do it with Hendon Hooker, when are you going to do it? Uh, and especially with Bryce Young banged up on the opposite side. And Tim, let's face it, this Alabama team is not as good as we thought it was in no. the preseason. I've had to drop Bama's rating a little bit, and uh, – the Bama defense is springing some leaks. The offensive line's not as good as we thought. And again, you talk about the quarterback. He's a Heisman winner, but he's what's he going to be if he plays tomorrow? 75% uh, on Saturday? What's he going to be, 75 80%? He's not going to be fully healthy. And uh, 
I think enough things are lining up here. I'm going to take Tennessee plus seven and a half if I'm wrong. I've, I've got the bet in my pocket. I thought maybe I would wait to see if the uh, number was going to go to eight or eight and a half. It looked like that was not going to happen as it started to drop towards seven. This is not uh, this is not public money that's been on Tennessee this week. That's why those who are calling Tennessee a square dog, the money that's on the Tennessee side right now so far this week is sharp. These are pros betting the Tennessee side, so... Say what you will. Yeah, we'll see if uh, that money, that public money, comes in on Saturday on Alabama. Uh, one note: this was reported, uh, I believe, early Thursday, uh, that Cedric Tillman, who uh, Tennessee has been hoping to get back, he's been out since uh, September 17th with a high ankle sprain. Uh, WBIR reported that he is not expected to play right. against Alabama. So that would have been a nice addition. But I'll say this, you know, a guy who had been out for about a month, how productive is he immediately in his return? Sometimes you see it, and they're, they're tremendous. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will see some big injury questions uh, about that game. Once again, Alabama laying seven on the road at Tennessee. That atmosphere in, uh, in Knoxville will be second to none all season long. You know, here's another thing. Hendon Hooker is such an experienced quarterback that I would think the atmosphere is not going to be too much for him, right? You want – in a game like this where it's so hyped and the, and the home fans are off the hook, you want a quarterback who's going to be poised and not get uh, – I guess not get out outside of his uh, comfort zone a little bit and uh, get rattled, let's put it that way. Because sometimes – the stage can be too big for some of these uh, quarterbacks. Uh, if you look at the Penn State-Michigan game, we're talking about a really experienced quarterback on one side and an inexperienced quarterback on the other side. But the good thing, the thing about Tennessee I like here is that uh, Hendon Hooker has played in a lot of big games, and the guy doesn't turn the ball over, Tim. 41 TDs, three picks since he's been in Tennessee. Think about that. Now, think about those numbers. Well, uh, this will be the way to close it. Uh, your show on Friday nights, which is uh, just a fantastic listen, the football contest. Chris Felica, the Bear, is a part of it. And we'll call this the Bear versus Humans because he uh, he's riding with the favorite uh, in this one. No play for me. Let me tell you what. There's going to be a lot more people than me on Tennessee and a lot more people than the Bear on Alabama. It's not just a one-on-one. I, I like to look at it as the bear right. versus humans. That is the colossal showdown there. Uh, but Matt is uh, has taken the seven and a half with Tennessee. That is uh, an official play of his, one that he has in pocket. No play for me on this game. This next game I think you could talk me into as we head to uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Penn State. Michigan is laying seven here with a total of 50 and a half. And I'm curious how you see this game playing out, Matt. Um, I, I lean towards the dog here. I know the dog is getting some some interest uh, from the public. But as you mentioned about the Tennessee side, uh, I've heard a number of odds makers say that sharp action came in early this week on the Nittany Lions to get this game down to seven. Uh, it touched six and a half at Circa, bumped back mm-hmm. up to eight. And now as time of record, it's sitting at seven. I wouldn't be surprised if this does get through the key number of seven here before kickoff uh, at noon. This game will be on Fox. I think Michigan is uh, contractually obligated to solely be the big noon kickoff. I think this is three straight weeks for them uh, in that spot. Penn State can run the hell out of the ball, something they couldn't really do all that well last year. They went out 
And uh, props to James Franklin, who is maybe not the best in-game coach, but the guy can recruit and got Nick Singleton and uh, and the kid Allen, too, who have really been uh, massive running backs for them. Um, big spot for J.J. McCarthy. You know, what do we yeah. know about the young quarterback there, Matt, uh, there for Michigan? So uh, I lean the dog. I could be talked into it. What do you have in Penn State and Michigan? I think Penn State's been uh, tested by the tougher schedule. And I know if you look at some schedule strength metrics, it'll show um, you know Penn State and Michigan kind of in the same neighborhood. Yeah. But I, I disagree with that because if you look who the Wolverines have faced on the road, it's Iowa and Indiana. The Iowa offense is an all-time bad offense. Worst in the country, 130th. Uh, it's, it's, it's so sick to watch. And uh, Got Indi- me the cover, though, last week on the pod. Didn't score a touchdown, yeah. Matt. Still got there on a 9-6 to loss. <laughs> Oh, I had it. Believe me, I had Iowa plus three and a half and plus four. And, no doubt. Never uh, in doubt. That last play of the game probably gave you a heart attack. <laughs> you know one thing about the last play of the game like that? Does anybody ever score throwing the no. ball back towards the end zone? No, no, never. Throw it deep down the field. You might get a PI call. You might get a batted ball where a guy picks it out of the air and the receiver runs Appalachian it State yeah. earlier this year. Stop throwing pitches back toward the end zone. That never works. Okay. And it just gives us betters right. heartburn. Anyway, <laughs> you have Sean Clifford's made about 40 career starts at Penn State. I think he's the second-best quarterback in the Big Ten. Uh, McCarthy's inexperienced, but again, the Wolverines on the road against Iowa and Indiana. And they struggled last week, Tim. I said it was a sandwich spot that yep. I, th- I thought the Wolverines by you. Uh, would struggle against Indiana. It was a 31-10 to 10 final, but it was a much closer. 10 Yeah, it's a much closer game than that. Uh, Auburn has been on the road. They opened at Purdue, pulled the game out of the fire in the last minute. Didn't get went the, on the road. Got the cover too, much to my chagrin. Yeah, Penn State. Excuse me, Penn State went to Purdue and pulled that game out. Uh, went to Auburn, blew out the Tigers. I mean, say what you want about Auburn, and that team is a little bit down, but still to go into uh, SEC territory and win that game in a blowout, I think said something for Penn State. And you're right, the Nittany Lions can run the ball here. I think. Uh, you're going to have a tight down-to-the-wire type of game. And uh, I don't care about James Franklin's record against uh, top five, top ten teams on the road. A lot of those games have been close. Uh, those have been close losses for Penn State. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a close loss, too. Uh, but I'm going to take the experienced quarterback. The team that I think has been a little bit more tested on the road. We know the Penn State can run the ball. Uh, got a pretty solid defense, too. And... Uh, I like Penn State plus seven. I'm not going to be – it's a, a little bit of a revenge spot, but I don't, I don't want to play up the revenge angle necessarily. That's not a big part of my handicapping. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State gets the win, Tim. I'm taking the seven. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to join you. I'm going to take the seven there. Uh, just need a little uh, need a little convincing. And, and you did a great job. So uh, in I go with the, uh, with the Nittany Lions at Michigan – um, you know, I had Michigan top four preseason. Penn State falls behind 14 nothing. Don't text me. I'm going to text you and say, what the hell did you do? I blame you. <laughs> I'm going to go on Twitter. Blame Matt. Hashtag. Uh, all right, this next game, I will. Uh, I can't blame you because I walk to the circuit desk there just sometimes every once in a while. I like to have a ticket in hand. Yeah, you know, just it feels good. And then I can crumple it up when it goes terribly wrong. USC at Utah, 8 o'clock kickoff, Eastern time, 6 o'clock local up in Salt Lake City. And this line is sitting three and a half with a total of 65. And uh, I want to tell a little story. So last Saturday, <laughs> I'm at Allegiant Stadium, Notre Dame playing BYU. Uh-huh. And I run into our 
colleague, Stormy Bonatoni, who had an off week from her duties with ESPN, and she was uh, with her dad and her brother. And we're sitting there, and we're talking just college football before the game started. And one of the TVs on the concourse had the U- Utah-UCLA game on. Oh. And I think Zach Charbonnet had broke another big run, whatever it was. And uh, Mr. Bonatoni, apologize, he did have uh, the Utes in that spot. And I look at him, I go, this is fantastic. I'm sorry for your bet loss, but now is the ultimate buy low spot on Utah because everyone is watching them get their ass kicked by UCLA and they're going to be a favorite against USC. Sure enough, here we are. Three and a half is the number. The public is flooding in on USC. They're undefeated. They're 6-0. and They're top 10 in the country. And Utah, let's be honest, Matt, both you and I were very high on this Utes team. Mm-hmm. I think you'd say disappointing so far this year. The loss against Florida, the loss uh, last week against UCLA. But, you know, USC, there's a lot still to be desired. They had under 400 yards of offense last week against Washington State. They had 357 yards of offense on the road at Oregon State, a game that both you and I took the Beavers. And here's the thing, Matt. Oregon State doesn't look that good. No. And you got to remember this. Oregon State was a road game, but they only had half of the stadium filled. They're doing you know, construction to the other half. This stadium is going to be absolutely electric on Saturday night. And Utah, not to say this necessarily plays into my handicap of it, but this is going to be an incredibly emotionally charged game. Uh, they lost two teammates last year, uh, tragically, and they're honoring both of them. They have their he- their faces on both sides of the helmets. I just think this is going to be a juiced-up atmosphere. I don't want to lay the three-and-a-half. So, like last week with Notre Dame-BYU, I could have laid the three-and-a-half. It would have come home, but I took the safe route. I'm laying the juice. I took minus 160 on the Utes on the money line. Yeah, you know, last week I texted you about that Notre Dame game. I played the Irish on the money line, too. And sometimes it's better for your peace of mind, too, when you don't have that three and a half hanging out there and you're worried about the back door. Yeah. You were probably a lot more relaxed at Allegiant Stadium Saturday night. Very relaxed. You just needed Notre Dame to win that game straight up <laughs> and not blow the back door cover, right? Yeah, it helped. It helped. I won't lie. I don't uh, – what you said there, your, your quote, I don't like to lay the three and a half. I never want to lay three and a half in a football game, ever, Okay. Um, so I will buy this to three. I will bet money line, whatever. I'm on the Utah side here. And I was on UCLA last week against uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. So even though the Utes have been a little disappointing, and uh, like you said, we hyped up this team all, all off season, the two losses are not stunning. Uh, Utah lost at the Swamp to Florida in a game that went down to the wire. Cameron mm-hmm. Rising hey, made an one, interception. one bad decision, yeah. threw an interception basically on the last play of the game. Uh, the Utes went to the Rose Bowl last week, ran into a UCLA team that's hot right now. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's got that offense playing great. Uh, I'm not surprised that UCLA beat Utah last week. I will be surprised if USC goes to Salt Lake City and wins this game. And I think um, when you look at the Pac-12, you can make a strong case that Utah's got the best defense in the conference. I know it didn't look very good last week against uh, the Bruins, but I expect this uh, Utah defense to bounce back in a big way. And also, uh, when you look at the Utah offense, Cameron Rising is as good a dual-threat quarterback as you're going to find out there, really. And uh, Tavion Thomas is one of the best running backs in the, big, in, uh, in the Pac-12. I almost said the uh, Big 12. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, the, the, but Tavion Thomas and Cameron uh, Rising are a, a really strong 
uh, dual threat combination there. And uh, this Utah defense is uh, legit. I think, uh, like you said, after losing last week in Pasadena, Utah is going to be a better play this week against USC. There's a lot of hype. Maybe USC and UCLA can each be undefeated when they meet late in the season. Don't count on it. The Bruins have a bye this week. Then they have to go to Oregon. Uh, USC, I think, is going to take a loss here in Salt Lake City. But in terms of the best way to bet this game, I don't like to re- recommend uh, money line prices around 180 or $2 or anything like that. But a hunt for the best uh, money line price you can find or buy this to, from 3.5 to 3 I like Utah to win the game. Yeah, and a couple nuggets. Uh, Utah 11-2 and against the spread in the month of October since 2018. And uh, USC as a road underdog, Matt, since 2015, 3-12 ATS. My biggest worry and concern, it really has nothing to do with Caleb Williams or their electric receivers, which they do have some really good receivers, obviously Jordan Addison. I think Clark Phillips, who might be a first-round pick, Utah's corner, uh, I don't know if he'll lock him down, but I think he'll do a good job there. My worry is the running situation, stopping the run, that is. Zach Charbonnet, I mentioned him, 198 yards last week mm-hmm. for the Bruins. Travis Dye, the Oregon transfer, has been phenomenal uh, for USC. He's at 100 yards in four of his last five games. Uh, he is what worries me the most here uh, about Utah, but I do think they win this game, do the Utes. Uh, if you're wondering about weather, uh, I did reach out to uh, – <laughs> A, uh, a meteorologist, and uh, unfortunately, I was hoping for really cold weather, make those <laughs> Southern Cal guys a little uh, uneasy, but it, uh, 67 at kickoff, wind under 10 miles per hour, temps in the upper 50 toward game's end. So uh, no concerns about the weather. Should actually be a perfect day up there in uh, in Salt Lake City. But uh, I'm on the money line, maybe not an official play for the pod, because like you said, at minus 160, uh, you know, I don't like recommending those types of prices. One sixty is not too bad. That's what we have up here at Circa right now. Is yeah. that what you have? In that's your what pocket? I. That's yeah. what I have in pocket. One sixty. Yeah. All right, last one of the main course, Matt. Another top fifteen matchup: Oklahoma State at number thirteen TCU. Uh, the Pokes, uh, number eight in the country, and once again, another line that makes you go, "Huh, Oklahoma State, top ten in the country, undefeated, and yet they're a dog." At TCU, we've seen movement towards the Horn Frogs in this spot. My worry about TCU in this spot, I was on TCU last week here on the show. Fortunate to get that home. We got there. Uh, if you took, if you had the six and a half earlier in the week and at time of record of the pod, you know, is this team going to run out of gas? Because it was Oklahoma two weeks ago. It was Kansas last week. Now they're back at home. But I'll be honest, Matt, the Pokes haven't really impressed me all that much this year. And they're a team that can be got defensively. Texas Tech really had not many issues with a third-string quarterback last week uh, against them. And, you know, Spencer Sanders has been there for, you know, feels like a decade as the quarterback of Oklahoma State. But I don't really uh, like either side. I lean towards maybe taking TCU and some sort of money line parlay. I'll point this out before tossing it to you. Mike Gundy is 15-4-1 ATS against ranked teams mm-hmm. in, since 2018 and 16-4 as a dog ATS since 2016, 12-2 since 2018. Gundy thrives in this role. That's what certainly makes me nervous about laying four here, but I really do like this TCU team. Uh, I like this TCU team as well. And uh, I think you pretty much said it all about this game. 
when I when I look at it, I'm not going to waste time here because when I looked at it, I was making strong cases for each side, and uh, I don't have a strong opinion on it, so I'm going to pass. All right. I know that I talked to Chris the Bear Felica, Stanford Steve, a couple of guys. I yep. know you follow their podcast uh, every week. Both those guys are on the TCU side for what it's worth. You know, one, uh, I'll, I'll say this, I and, and we'll get to the other game here in just a little bit. I do think if you want a plus money, but not too crazy, money line parlay, I think TCU is a, is a capable dance partner. I, I do think they should win this game. It's a high price, so uh, we'll see if we... Uh, if we get home there. So there you have it. Uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, the main course. Let's get to those spicy matchups. Spicy matchups. All right, Matt, this is one of those lines that makes you scratch your head a little bit. Clemson seems to have figured something out, right? They're playing much better, and yet they're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Florida State. It's a night game at Doe Campbell, number four Clemson at Florida State, uh, I saw one person say on Twitter that it's a buy low opportunity on Clemson. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense considering they're undefeated top five in the country and they think they've covered their last three games. So I don't know if it's a, a buy low opportunity on on the Tigers, but this is a short line. And, you know, I um, I heard some odds makers say that sharp money was coming in on Florida State earlier this week. I, I lean a little bit towards the Knowles here, just a night game this is a desperate spot, it seems, for Mike Norvell and the Florida State Seminoles. They've lost two in a row uh, after thinking maybe things are back on track. So uh, anything in Clemson, Florida State? It just seems like that Clemson is uh, going to get clipped by somebody somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, this is not a dominant Clemson team like we've seen in recent years, and it wouldn't surprise you or me or anybody, it shouldn't, if uh, Clemson gets upset in this spot. Uh, but, Tim, I... I kind of feel like the number, if you could lay three with Clemson, is cheap in uh, Tallahassee. And I'm, I'm not completely sold on this Florida State team. Talked about that a couple times. So as of right now, this game's going to be a pass for me. I have uh, I have not bet this game. Leaning towards Florida State, but I have not bet this game. Florida State 3-0 and ATS against top 10 teams since the start of the 22, uh, 2020 season. Uh, so, you know, keep that for what you will. Very sh- small sample size there Clemson has uh, has done well covering lately though six of their last seven ACC games they have been able to cover sticking in the ACC a surprising Matt top 25 matchup as we have NC State 15th in the country visiting whatever the hell they call the Carrier Dome these days number 18 Syracuse <laughs> this game's at 330 Eastern ACC Network and Syracuse is laying three here against uh, NC State and uh, there are some three and a half starting to pop up. It's a low total of 42. Why is Syracuse favored? From all accounts, it certainly seems that Devin Leary, the starting quarterback for NC State, will not play in this game. So, uh, so Matt, any, uh, any play in this one for you? Uh, yeah, I do have a play. I bet Syracuse minus three. And I, do, I think Syracuse is also a team that's uh, been a little bit fortunate to get where it is. Currently, that um, win against Purdue, that last second, that <laughs> crazy finish in that game that had a lot to do with the, the Virginia officials. Virginia game? <laughs> yeah. Purdue-Syracuse game had a lot to do with the officials putting the orange in the win column, but that happens. Uh, I think Purdue kind of benefited the other way last week against Maryland. So uh, the, the canceled out or uh, kind of canceled things out for that team. Syracuse uh, right now... I played at minus three because I read Dave Doran's comments early in the week when he was talking about yeah. De- Devin Leary, and he said he, he could be back this week. He could be out six weeks. 
If you say a guy could be out six weeks, I got to think he's not playing. He's not this playing. Week. No. Devin Leary's play has not been up to last season's uh, standards. He had 35 TDs, five picks. I thought he was going to be an elite quarterback in college football this season. Hasn't been the case, but you take him out, Tim, and uh, this NC State team, I think, is pedestrian. Like I said, Syracuse is going to get humbled at some point. I don't think it's this week. I'm surprised to see this number sitting out there at three right now. So, yeah, I, d- I did lay the three with the orange. And, by the way, it's called the JMA Wireless Dome. Oh, of I had to course. look that up, yeah. Rolls right off the tongue. Um, Syracuse. Five years later, it'll be called something else. <laughs> I... <laughs> Syracuse plays Clemson next week on the road. How about this stretch for Syracuse mm-hmm. here? Syracuse currently undefeated top 20 in the country. Uh, and their next stretch, Matt, it is after, you know, playing the likes of Wagner two weeks ago. By the way, also situationally very good for Syracuse coming off a bye uh, heading into this game. Mm-hmm. But it's at Clemson, home to Notre Dame, at Pitt, home to Florida State, at Wake Forest after this game. It's a little bit tougher. A little challenging a little there for the Cuse. For let's, the uh, let's pump the brakes on expecting the Cuse to be in the college football playoff. <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. All right, let's head to uh, let's head to Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky, that is. 7.30 Eastern, this game on the SEC Network. Uh, Will Levis is expected to be back. Uh, that was uh, Stoops' remarks, said he was hopeful, barring any setbacks, that Will Levis will be back. Of course, Kentucky without Will Levis was a disaster last week, getting blown out by South Carolina. Mississippi State, boy, have they been impressive. Uh, you were on LSU a couple weeks back uh, against Mississippi State, and that's been their only blemish. Uh, I, I rode with Mississippi State two weeks ago against Texas A&M, and they continue to impress. Blew out Arkansas last week. So Mississippi State, a four-point road favorite here against Kentucky. Night spot. Is this, you know, Clemson, maybe not a buy-low opportunity, but is this a buy-low opportunity for Kentucky? They always seem to thrive in that underdog role, especially with a guy like Stoops. Yeah, I think you could be onto something here. I, I, I lean Kentucky a little bit here, but we, you kind of look back at that Mississippi State-LSU game and say, how the hell did LSU outscore Mississippi State 31-3? to Yeah. Fell behind 13-0, won the game 31-16. to uh, that's a great win on LSU's resume, and it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, the Bulldogs have played great. Mike Leach has got this, uh, I, I think, the best Mississippi State team he's had, really, on both sides of the ball at this point. So I hate to bet against Miss State, but something tells me uh, Kentucky's going to be a, a sneaky, dangerous dog. And, and I don't think this is necessarily your typical look-ahead spot because Kentucky is obviously a top-25 team. But remember, Mississippi State, uh, does play Alabama next week. So, you know, something to keep an eye on there uh, with uh, with the Bulldogs here. Will Rogers, by the way, leading the country in passing yards. All right, let's head to old Norman, Oklahoma, uh, with maybe the most stinky line of the week. 0-3 in Big Ten play. They have been outscored. I have my somewhere in my notes uh, how much they've been outscored. Here we go. By 21, by 5, and by 40, or sorry, by 7, by 31, and by 49, Matt. Uh, They have not covered the spread by five touchdowns in their three Big Ten games, or Big 12 games. But yet, Oklahoma finds themselves as an 8.5 or 9-point favorite. I've read countless accounts on, uh, on websites saying, I don't know how Oklahoma is a favorite. This is a mistake. Kansas is going to win this game outright, and maybe they will. 
and maybe the public will enjoy a, uh, a beautiful steak dinner. I'm on Oklahoma here. Uh, I don't know if it can get any worse. Brent Venables is feeling the heat. It could be one and done if, if things continue to, to spiral downward here. You were fading Oklahoma preseason, but there could not be a, a bu- lower buy spot than this weekend for Oklahoma. And if they can't figure out a way to win this game, I mean, Lord knows. And this isn't a knock on Kansas, who, by the way, uh, Jalen Daniels uh, reports said that he would be out for the year. Then Lance Leopold came out with a picture of Jalen Daniels raising both shoulders up in the air. And Jalen Daniels said, news to me, I don't think he's playing this week. Maybe he plays at some point this year. I don't think he's playing this week, Matt. Um, I, I just, I think this is a spot where you're going to see an Oklahoma team fully engaged. Brent Venables called out his team this week. They just got blown out by their arch rival, Texas, 49 to nothing. So I just think this is a spot where, if not now, when? And I feel like Oklahoma is going to give it their best shot. Remember, Dylan Gabriel didn't play last week. From all accounts, he will be a go this week. So I laid eight and a half with Oklahoma. Would have loved to get seven. I know that was out there early in the week. Uh, but I think Oklahoma is, uh, is a team that, uh, that takes care of business here on Saturday against Kansas. A Kansas team that is, that is uh, on the closing number, Matt, 5-0-1 ATS. But... You know, something that you pointed out, I forget which game it was. I think it was Tennessee-Florida. Mm-hmm. So the stats have been thrown out there, and they're correct. Kansas has covered four of their last five games against Oklahoma. Would you like to know the spreads of those five games, Matt? Yeah. 38, 38, 33, 34, 39. And now it's nine. So we have seen a change from 38 last year at home to nine on the road Oklahoma has better players. Kansas is starting their backup quarterback, Jason Bean. I'm going to roll with Oklahoma here and uh, hate myself on Saturday morning when Kansas wins outright. I just hope the listeners appreciate what just happened because Tim talked uh, longer about the Kansas-Oklahoma game than Abraham Lincoln did about the Gettysburg Address. The Gettysburg Address lasted two minutes. It was 272 words. Tim Murray just did five minutes on uh, Kansas. I'm Oklahoma passionate, Matt. Without taking a breath. I'm passionate huh? about okay. the about the crappy Sooners. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, some way, I need them to win the final six games to get me a push on my nine win over season total. Yeah, I've got under nine and a half. That's in the bank as long yeah. as we don't have a nuclear war or something like that to cancel the college football season. But um. You know, I said before the season, I thought Brent Venables, he's a volatile personality. I'm not sure he's cut out to be a head coach. And I thought of all the high-profile programs with a new coach, he was the one that was most likely to underachieve. And we we're seeing that happen here. But the Dylan Gabriel injury has, you know, something to do with that too. When you lose your quarterback like that, uh, sometimes the wheels can fall off. And that's what's happened here for the Sooner Schooner, which never got – out of park last week. <laughs> didn't even have 200 yards of offense. Didn't, didn't get the move. The schooner sat there the whole time. Uh, okay, so this is a fascinating game to handicap. I'm going to make it brief. I love stuff like this because I like to handicap uh, situations, matchups, and read the betting market. And then this game, all you have to do is read the betting market and look at the number, which is up to nine, and say Oklahoma's probably the right side. Yeah. Jalen Daniels is not going to be back. I really think Lance Leipold, what he's trying to do is lift the spirits and the morale of his team. A lot of times when a player – it's like Jerry Jones tried to do when Dak Prescott went down. You say, well, I think he could be back in three weeks. 
when you know he's not going to be back in five or six. But you say that to keep the team kind of uh, spirits up and keep pe- keep the guys motivated. Jalen Daniels is not coming back uh, this week. There's no chance. He's probably not coming back anytime soon. And what you uh, will probably see is a backup quarterback in Jason Bean, who looked good last week, but is going to get exposed over four quarters when he's the starter. This week, Dylan Gabriel from Miliani High School in uh, Hawaii. Looks like uh, he's going to be back this week, Tim. And that's going to be a big boost for the Sooners offense. I think this is a get-right game for Oklahoma, and I would not want to be on the Kansas side. All right. Oklahoma it is for me. That is an official play. Final. uh, If you want to talk about a square dog, it might be the Jayhawks. But let's see how all this turns out on Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, as Huey Lewis in the news said, it is hip to be square. I don't like to be on the square side, but uh, this from BetMGM earlier this week. 78% 78% of the bets on Kansas. Mm. So just uh, just keep that 79% in mind. 79% on USC, right? Yep. 79% on USC. What could possibly go wrong? All right, final spicy matchup. Minnesota is laying six at Illinois. Illinois, from all accounts, will be without Tommy DeVito. Art Sitkowski, he has an issue completing forward passes, which is uh, <laughs> not... Very. Uh, I, I think he was heavily recruited by Iowa. <laughs> Him and Spencer Petrus would still be battling it out right now. Um, this is a, a Wes Reynolds special, right? Team just in the top 25. He loves to fade those teams. I, I actually like that handicap that Wes uh, looks at often there. Ibrahim, uh, uh, the running back, expected to be back here for Minnesota, which yeah. is big. Obviously, Minnesota losing uh, last week to Purdue. Uh, which I believe was a, a call by you. Was that last week or two, two weeks, weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Uh, so we got Minnesota here in this spot. Uh, it's a big number. Um, and uh, I just kind of put it into my my app here. Um, Minnesota is a team that I think I would pair with uh, Oklahoma. Uh, get a like minus 117 money line parlay. I think Minnesota wins this game, but it's a really low total. So it makes me a little worried to lay that number. But I think Illinois... Look, we faded them last week. Maybe fortunate to get that cover, but I, they're they're a good team. They're much improved, but I think I think Minnesota is a good spot for them. Yeah, Minnesota off the bye, like you said, off the loss to Purdue before the bye, and uh, I think that this is a much better situation for the Gophers. Illinois without uh, Devito is gonna. It's no secret what the Illini want to do here offensively, so it should be pretty easy to shut it down, right? I think. I'm not going to play the side here. I can understand certainly why Minnesota's a six, six and a half point favorite. I would lean the favorite. And I would also say eh, lean under the total of 40. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get to some games that are a little off the radar. Off the radar. All right. There's a top 25 team here. And you know that I love situational spots. You like situational spots as well. I think this is a really tricky spot. Now, f- following this team two weeks ago made me want to rip my hair out of my skull. But I'm going to do it again because I like pain. (laughs) I took the points with Iowa State. I took the 17. Uh I think 16 and a half is out there right now. See if it gets to 17. It might get there on Saturday. Uh, But I'm I'm on the Cyclones here against Texas. I think this is a really tricky spot for Texas here, Matt. Coming off of the most points they've ever scored in school history against Oklahoma, the biggest win they've ever had against Oklahoma. And then you also have to remember, they have Oklahoma State next week, too, in a huge showdown. Oklahoma State, as of right now, is a top-10 team, even though we think they might 
fall on Saturday to TCU. Iowa State is terrible offensively, but they're pretty darn good defensively. They're a top 15 in total defense. Um, you look at what they've been able to do, uh, you know, slowing teams down. Kansas had, what, 28 yards in, in the second half. And then Matt Campbell is really, really good in the underdog role. 21-13-1 ATS as an underdog, and 9-2 and ATS, I saw ESPN point this one out, as a double-digit underdog, 9-2 mm-hmm. and two ATS. So this is kind of a hold-on-to-your-butt special. Uh, I think I saw uh, Reese Davis uh, say on his podcast this week that Texas is going to go on a run, and you know all the talk this week was about, hey, if Texas doesn't lose Quinn Ewers, there may be a playoff team. You could be right. Texas has looked pretty darn impressive with Quinn Ewers as quarterback. I think this is a weird spot. I think this is a tricky spot. I think they're getting a lot of hype. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the points with the Cyclones here as a as a big dog in a sleepy spot, 11 a.m. local kick on Saturday. Yeah, this has all the makings of a letdown spot for the Longhorns. And uh, I, I agree with you. Actually, I walked in here today and John Goulet, uh an executive here, Vincent, said, what do you think about Iowa State? I said, well, I like that play a lot if you can get 17. Right now it's uh, at circa 16, 16 and, a and a half. And who knows, these numbers run sometimes on Saturdays. Uh, if you can still get 17, I would grab it here with the Cyclones. You already did that, I right? I did, You yes. bet that? Mm-hmm. All right, so on top of everything else, I, when I was thinking about this Iowa State game and I saw it 17 early in the week, I wrote this down as a, a play I wanted to make. I did not bet this yet. Uh, so I'm hoping the 17 uh, resurfaces, but uh, I'm going to try to do everything I can here to, to get on Iowa State side at a good number. I recalled a game a couple of weeks ago when Tim Murray was on Iowa State and all the text messages he sent me out of frustration. He was. What are you talking about, Matt? He I'm was very calm and aggravated, collected. annoyed, everything you could think of as he watched. They were a favorite, I, I, though, in that game, Matt. They were a favorite and missed two field goals off the upright. As he watched the Iowa State-Kansas game, it was driving him nuts, okay? If you bet Iowa State last week against Kansas State, it probably drove you nuts. Yeah. This has got to be the payoff on the Cyclones. Let's go. I like no, I do like the Iowa State side here getting the points. Not only is it a letdown, a little bit, a little, little bit of a letdown spot for the Longhorns. Look at how Iowa State's played Texas in the last five years. One, three in a row. Uh, Matt Campbell does uh, actually, you know, I pay attention to these conference trends. Last year, Iowa State beat Texas 30-7. to uh, Previous year, 23-20 Iowa State. 2019, Iowa State 23-21. 2018, a 14-point loss in Austin. 2017, Iowa State lost by 10. So we don't have any blowout losses here. We got five consecutive close games. The last three won by the Cyclones. Uh, I like the dog here. All right. Iowa State it is. Hopefully we get to 17 for everyone. I wrote yeah. it up for the vcin.com uh, pick section. I did have to give out 16 there. Um, so this hopefully. might be one of those games you want to bet and not watch, too. Yeah, I, I, that might be a – might have a kid's soccer game to go to early in the game. All right, we'll try to rifle through a couple more off-the-radar games, Matt. LSU at Florida. Right now, Florida uh, laying two-and-a-half at home. This will be a night game at the Swamp. Uh, LSU mm-hmm. coming off just a butt whooping at the hands of Tennessee last week. So, uh, what do you see in this one, Florida? Uh, you know, we talked about it last week, and I I owe you kudos because I was going to give out Missouri just as a or sorry Florida just as a straight favorite. You're like ah, maybe pair them with someone. So I did, and uh, fortunately that money line parlay was able to come home as opposed to the non-cover Florida had against Missouri. 
Yeah, what I see here is a suspicious number. Uh, Florida is a two and a half point favorite, and this has dropped from three. And I'm not really sure what the buy sign is on on uh, LSU out there at this point. And I was pro LSU, and I, I have been, you know, on Brian Kelly for a while. But man, I have not liked what I've seen from the LSU offense the last couple of weeks. And Brian Kelly made a couple of bad decisions on fourth downs oh, last week to yeah. go for it. In, At the end of know, the first half? Like, what, what are not, you doing? Yeah, this is not results-based uh, criticism. Before the play even happened, I said, what is he doing? Yeah. Uh, it was just obvious he was taking some bad gambles. Uh, so I don't like the quarterback play we're seeing from LSU either. And I think that Anthony Richardson has got to be given more run-pass options in this Florida offense. Billy Napier... Is the honeymoon over yet? Because after he went for two down 11 at um, Tennessee, I think a lot of people had to start to question, does this guy know what he's doing? And if you watch Napier the previous three years, I've said this many times, Tim, he's a, he's a poor game and clock manager. But nobody noticed because they weren't paying close attention to his games the previous years. When you're in the SEC and there's so much focus on these games, you're not going to get away with those dumb mistakes. Ask Nathaniel Hackett about that, right? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, when when you when managing games becomes crucial in terms of wins and losses, you're not going to sweep these mistakes under the rug. So I'm a little bit concerned about Billy Napier. I don't want to bet on him against Brian Kelly. I think Kelly's probably going to be a lot smarter in how he approaches this game. But I thought Florida should be a full three-point favorite, if not three and a half. So maybe I got my wires crossed here, but I kind of like the Gators. One angle I heard this week, and just to keep on the Raider, I think this is a very, very important game for Billy Napier. Billy Napier, who has SEC ties, had all the success at UL Lafayette, he would have walked to Baton Rouge with every ounce of, you know, piece in his house and they wanted nothing to do with him when oh, they when they had probably, the job opening so pay close attention to how he coached I, the last few years you would not have hired him yeah. i would not have hired him i'm telling so, you uh so you lean towards florida here uh mm-hmm. let's let's get to another game uh and i i said this during the off season whoever scheduled this game at arkansas should be fired <laughs> why i don't know either. the hell if you're arkansas would you ever decide in the middle of of SEC play, you say, you know what would be a great idea? Let's pack up shop and fly to Provo. Mm. What the hell are you thinking when you've just played Mississippi State, Arkansas, Texas A&M in back-to-back-to-back weeks? Alabama. And, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Alabama, yeah. A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State. It'll be hard to play themselves. <laughs> um, so now you go to Provo. I'll be honest, I haven't really been impressed by BYU. Watched them in person. Uh, that game, I'll say this, the score was not as close as that game really was. They had a couple big plays uh, late in that game. They got outclassed against the Irish. But this line is all over the place. It opened two in favor of BYU on Sunday. Got up to three. Three, two and a half, three, two and a half. And then we saw a rush of Arkansas money where this got out to Arkansas minus two. Oh, yeah. And now, right now where we sit... At Circa, it's BYU minus one. There's some picks out there as well. It's all over the place. I think situationally, it's terrible for Arkansas. How do you see this one? Yeah, that's, this is kind of a spot where it's going to be hard for the Hogs to get highly motivated for this game. And it's a huge game for BYU to get an SEC team of this caliber to come to Provo. I, I think the situational spot definitely favors BYU. Uh, last week, did you see enough? Here's the thing. You can throw the ball 
against this Arkansas defense. You can throw it all day against this Arkansas defense. Did you see enough from BYU's passing game? Because the receivers have been all banged up for the last month. Well, Puka Nakua didn't have a reception uh, in the game. Right. And I felt like Jaron Hall was hurt. I don't know if that's been reported. I felt like he was not 100% in that game. His first throw of the game, he got pressured through a pick. Uh, so I just felt like Jaron Hall was off. So maybe a week he gets a little bit better, uh, more comfortable, more, you know, Puka Nakua coming off of that uh, high ankle sprain was not effective last uh, yesterday, right. or excuse me, last week. Um, so it would be BYU or pass. I, I don't see how Arkansas, even though Sam Pittman loves the dog roll, I, it's hard to motivate your guys after you just had three wars in the SEC and now you go, go out to BYU. It just, it's it's got to be a really tough spot. It's a tough place to play anyway, and this is a pretty good BYU team, even though the Cougars haven't showed it as much. Still as, beat Baylor out there. Since they were blown out, yeah, they were blown out at Oregon. They did beat Baylor, and uh, I just think BYU, once receivers get healthy, Jaron Hall's a quarterback that's going to be on the NFL radar, by the way. You're not hearing any talk about that now, but he's going he's gonna to get there. Trust me on that. And like you said, he might not have been fully healthy uh, last week. I was a little bit, like I said, I bet Notre Dame on the money line like you did last week, and I was surprised that BYU's offense didn't bring more yeah. uh, to the table. So when this number got to Arkansas 2, I said, okay, I kind of like the BYU side here. I'm going to see if it gets to 3, then I'm gonna be, and it didn't get there. <laughs> I thought for sure it would get there. Now it's going the other way. So uh, like you said, for me, uh, sum it up, it'll be BYU or pass. All right, quick one here. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Auburn, uh, it's just a matter of time before Brian Harson gets fired. Maybe. I can't believe he's still there, I mean, to be honest. I don't know if they're going to start wooing Deion Sanders down there in Jackson or, or whatnot, but uh, they go on the road to Ole Miss. Uh, I leaned Vanderbilt last week. Thank God I didn't make that play. That would have killed me because uh, Vanderbilt – uh, was winning, and then ultimately Ole Miss got the cover. Ole Miss laying 15 and a half here. Uh, I believe 11 a.m. local kick this game on ESPN. <laughs> I got to say this last week. So uh, Lane Kiffin has uh, the Rebels run one in for the cover late in the game. Yeah. And I saw this on, I think it was Bad Beats with SVP and Stanford Steve, and I was laughing out loud. And Stanford Steve made the comment that was on the money. They showed that camera shot of Kiffin after the touchdown. Going like this, and, and Steve goes, Lane Kiffin trying to pretend like he doesn't know how that happened. <laughs> did you see that? I did not see that. That's great. Kiffin definitely wanted to cover. Well, did you and then see after that? they got it, he tried to pretend like, what are we doing here? Did you see huh? that article Brett McMurphy wrote, uh, I think, uh, over the summer about he asked how many coaches, how many of you know what the point spread right. is, and and overwhelmingly, they all know what the point spread is. Oh, hell yeah, They'll they pretend do. like they don't, oh, yeah. but they know. And they know who lines their pockets. I'm saying – I'm not saying they're fixing games, but if you can get a touchdown late to help out the boosters a little bit more. Spurrier admitted that like 30 years ago, Yeah, right? so uh, maybe another spot where uh, he you helps line Switzer, the pockets. You think Barry Switzer tried to pile it on to yeah. you know, help the boosters win a bet? Of course. Uh, but that's great what uh, Kiffin did last week. And then tried to pretend like he had no idea. Well, what are we doing? How'd that just happen? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have nothing in this game, so I Matt. Think the, no, I don't, ha I don't have a play here. I can't believe that Harson's still the coach. I, I've got to think that if he does get fired the next week, you might want to look to play Auburn. Uh, but until that happens, I'm not looking to play Auburn. I thought they were the Tigers uh, pretty competitive last week against Georgia for a while, surprisingly competitive. Ended up not covering in that game. Uh, but your point about Deion Sanders, I think, is – Something uh, maybe for a different podcast, but I'm surprised that Florida State did not hire him. Uh -huh. 
because I think Dion is going to be a big time success when he does get a job, and you can you can obviously pinpoint a couple of uh, potential negative factors if you hire a guy like Dion. But I think the positives far outweigh the negatives. He's going to recruit like a monster. Oh. He's already shown he can win as a coach uh, at Jackson State, right? He's been he's been a big winner. I, I've watched his teams; they looked well coached, and uh, he's going to recruit off the charts. If Auburn can get him, get him now, uh, because I can't believe Florida State hasn't hired him. That is uh, it's a fair point, and you know Mike Norvell, if he wins this weekend against Clemson, he'll probably keep in that job for yeah. another year. All right, uh, a team that you have a pretty good gauge on, uh, whether it be following or fading them, is your alma mater, Purdue. Uh, opened 11 against Nebraska and right now sit as a 14-point favorite. If you like Purdue, you can get a 13-and-a-half out there. It's a night game in West Lafayette against Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, watch out. Two straight wins there. Um, is this too many points too for many Purdue? Too many points. I took 14 with Nebraska. It's 14 right now at Circa. Purdue tends to play to the level of the opposition, and if you look at Jeff Brom's trends, Really good in the underdog role. Really good as a road dog. Not good as a home favorite. And uh, he's laying a big number here against a Cornhuskers team. That Okay, Tim, what's happened the last two weeks is not that impressive. Nebraska had to score late to get to cover against Indiana. Had needed a miracle comeback to beat Rutgers 14-13. Not sure how it happened either. But again, uh, you're going to West Lafayette to face a Purdue team laying a big number, and Purdue doesn't have a good history of uh, covering these type of numbers. And Jeff Brom, I, like I said, I, I love the guy as a dog. I don't like him as a double-digit favorite. And I think this is a spot where the, the Huskers can catch Purdue a, l- a little bit of sleep at the wheel. And by the way, Aiden O'Connell has not been that great since he suffered a rib injury. Yeah, the Boilers won their last two on the road at Minnesota, at Maryland. Those games went down to the wire. O'Connell was not at his best. Uh, running backs are a little bit beat up, I think. Uh, Purdue wins this game, but I think Purdue wins this game by like seven points, 10, 10 points, something like that. It's going to be a game the Huskers are in. I've been disappointed by Casey Thompson. I thought he was going to be a much better quarterback uh, this year at Nebraska. It really hasn't happened, but wouldn't surprise me if he plays well this week. Uh, I'll probably have a little bit of money line play here on the Huskers too as a 14-point dogs, just because I, I do think this game is going to go to the wire. All right, one final game off the radar. Uh, shockingly, I'm bringing this one up, Matt. Notre Dame hosting Stanford. Yes. Uh, not that long ago, this was a great rivalry between these two schools. Sure. Uh, Notre Dame is uh, a little bit down this year. Stanford's been down for a couple years. This is a night game. Uh, will be a sellout there in South Bend. I thought maybe this was a letdown for the Irish. Uh, this was a you know a really nice win for Notre Dame last week. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman's played up the fact that it's a rivalry game. You know, Stanford, though, I wonder how their psyche is after how they lost last weekend against Oregon State. <laughs> Inexplicable to lose that game in the fashion that they did. Late touchdown from the Beavers. They lose 28-27. Um, the reason I, I, I like the dog initially, Matt, but the reason I'm staying off, Stanford is 121st in rush defense. They allowed 5.6 two yards per carry and what does Notre Dame do well right now they run the hell out of the ball and they utilize three running backs (laughs) and they want to pound it down your throat if they can and I think they'll be able to do that so uh, a stay away from me I was surprised early in the week Matt this actually uh, Notre Dame or Stanford got some backing in the market going down to 15 and a half but since then it's back up to 17 so any thoughts on Notre Dame Stanford 
Well, I would, you know, if E.J. Smith were healthy and uh, Stanford were off a win last week against Oregon State, I would take the points here, but that's not the case. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason this run line is where it is. I think uh, it still looks like a big number, Tim. I'm not yeah. going to lay it with, uh, with the Irish. But, man. Stanford, that's just a devastating defeat. You're about ready to stop this long Pac-12 losing streak. Up 27-21. You had locked up. What the hell is the safety doing running up on the receiver there when the only thing that can beat you with 15 seconds left is a touchdown? Uh, a field goal can't beat you. That is a devastating loss. And uh, I, I just can't bet on Stanford at this point. I, last week, I actually liked Stanford a little bit. And um, I think I played them. I think I, I don't think I played them on the podcast, but I, I think I played them. Yeah, to lose that game 28-27 to Oregon State's just crushing, and I can't do it at this point. I think right now what you have to be talking about is, is Stanford going to make a change? I, I, I said this a few weeks ago. I thought Wisconsin, before the uh, Paul Chris thing came down, Wisconsin and Stanford were the two big programs where I think you had to – Start talking about a coaching change. And David Shaw, we've been talking a little bit about it since last year. But, man, this Pac-12 losing streak keeps going on and on. This team is not necessarily well coached. The game management situations, are some of these mistakes are inexcusable. And uh, do you want to bet on this Stanford team? Right now, I would say no. All right, Matt, we're going to do something we haven't done before. We're going to call this way off the radar because you got some games that uh, you want to hit on. I've actually got one, too, as well. How about the Battle of New Mexico? New Mexico at New Mexico State. Uh, I don't believe this game is on television. Uh, maybe you could find it somewhere. You got the Lobos as a <laughs> six-and-a-half-point road favorite here in Las Cruces against the Fighting Jerry Kills. I got nothing. What do you have in the Battle of New Mexico? Well, when you have two bad teams like this and one is a road favorite of seven points, I got to look at New Mexico State. I also need New Mexico to win this game to get over the win total of two and a half for the season. You're so a bit conflicted. I'm hoping to middle this and New Mexico wins by seven or fewer. Uh, but there's a, a spot out there where you can grab New Mexico State plus seven. I think it's at the Westgate okay. uh, right now. So I plan on doing that here within uh, moments. But. <clears throat> I, like I said, I need New Mexico to get over two and a half for the win total. And, you know, the Lobos last week, Kendrick, the quarterback, again throws a pick six. This is disgusting to me because I took the points. I took three and a half with New Mexico. <laughs> They're up 14 nothing, 14 nothing on a Wyoming team with a weak offense, and they found a way to screw that up and lose 27-14 to 14 on their home field after the pick six, by the way, at the end. This is just not a, a Lobos offense where you can trust this team to uh, cover a number on the road. In the battle of I-25, Tim, we're talking a lot about Alabama, Tennessee. Don't overlook New Mexico and New Mexico State. It's a night game for a reason, folks. This is a huge rivalry. Get down to Las Cruces. The battle of I-25. Give me the seven points with the Aggies. All right. Uh, before we go to the island, let's head to the uh, state of Indiana, Maryland, the Terps. Uh, I need a win here for my win total over five and a half. They didn't get me one last week against Purdue, uh, but they're laying a couple of tough calls when against the yeah. Terps. Lane 11 here for the Terps on the road in Indiana. Uh, both you and I had Indiana plus the points. We were able to get there last week. Do we keep rolling with the Hoosiers here? I'm thinking about it. I have not played this yet, but I'm really thinking about playing the Hoosiers again this week. I mean, Tom Allen's one of those guys. He's always going to have his team motivated. So you could say, well, they'll be a little bit flat off the Michigan game. I don't think that's going to be the case. Indiana's trying to play for bowl eligibility. They've only got a certain number of games on this schedule they can win to get there. 
Uh, and this is a, a game that's winnable for the Hoosiers. I think, Tim, the, the Terps have to be a little bit deflated. Uh, you know more about this team than I do. Yeah. But they were off to a great start. They had everything in front of them. And uh, Purdue comes in there as a dog and wins that game 31-29. to And they blow the two-point conversion, have the penalty with the illegal man downfield. Uh, that was a tough way to lose that game. I, I think the Terps might be a little bit flat in this spot. And if you got, you got a flat favorite laying double digits on the road, that's dangerous. So I might look at the Hoosiers. Well, before we get to uh, the island, because there's always a game to bet in Hawaii and a recap. <laughs> Every other week. Um, Matt, I have a little piece of trivia for you. TCU and Kansas, because they yeah. pushed last week, are technically unbeaten against the spread, but they haven't made you money each and every week. One team has. Do you know who they are? Uh, I just saw this yesterday, and I can't recall. Would it be the James, James Madison, Madison Dukes. Dukes? Okay. Now into the top twenty-five. By the way, they're ineligible for a bowl game because that makes sense. Uh, FCS to FBS. First year in the FBS, they're ranked. You know why aren't they eligible for a bowl? It's by ridiculous. The way? Isn't that dumb? It's so dumb. Okay. It makes no sense to me. It's like NCAA tournament. They, basketball's even worse. Um, I'm going to take a little flyer on Georgia Southern here, plus the 11 and a half. Obviously, Georgia Southern got all of their uh, hubbub over their win over Nebraska when they threw for a million yards. They've lost two straight in conference play. You get an opportunity to play a ranked team in your home. James Madison, maybe they're a little overinflated right now. The Wes Reynolds theory, they're in the top 25 for the first time ever. Uh, I'm going to take the points here with Georgia Southern plus the 11 and a half against the Dukes. Okay. And that leads us to maybe the creme de la creme. Forget Tennessee, Alabama. Forget Penn State, Michigan. New Mexico, New Mexico State. Forget New Mexico, New Mexico State, Matt. Midnight Eastern. Nevada at Hawaii. Nevada laying six and a half. Hawaii, by the way. Oh, heartbreaking loss last week against San Diego State. How about State. that? Hawaii, a 24-point dog. Should have won the game. Lost on a field goal with seven seconds to go. 24-point uh, dog at San Diego State. I think we're seeing a little bit of improvement from this Hawaii offense. Actually, uh, Braden Schrager's back in at quarterback. He's had uh, a couple of decent games in a row. Diedrich Parsons rushed for 139 total yards in the last two. He's a good running back. The thing here, Tim, is you got a Wolfpack team. They lost a big game in Reno, and I call it a big game because their former coach, Jay Norvell, went to Colorado State. He comes back with one of the worst teams in uh, Division One, and uh, Colorado State scores two defensive touchdowns, wins on a field goal at the gun after a penalty, and uh, wins that game 17-14. That's a really deflating loss for Nevada, and now the Wolfpack go to the Islands to play a Hawaii team that, let's face it, might not win a game the rest of the season. And if if the Hawaii team does win a game, it's it's not going to be more than a game or two the rest of the way. Hawaii could probably beat Nevada and Colorado State, and that's about it, left on schedule. So I think this is kind of qualifies as a big game for Hawaii. And I, I saw enough in terms of a buy sign last week and the way Hawaii played against San Diego State to say this is going to be a live dog. Here's how you play this. Uh, right now the number is six and a half on a lot of spots. Uh, the price to buy that to plus seven here at Circa is minus 130. Tim put me down for Hawaii plus seven at minus 130. All right. Well, that's uh, a good lead in to Best Bet Recap. All right. Before we get to 
Matt and myself's best bets recap. Let's see what off the beaten path uh, plays our colleague uh, on the College Football Betting Podcast, Adam Burke, has. Uh, and you know, why wouldn't you take nine and a half points with UConn at Ball State? So Adam's rolling with uh, the Huskies. He's going under. Kind of like that play, yeah. I do too, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he's going under Minnesota, Illinois, 39 and a half. Actually, 40 at Caesars. Can we give him 40? Give him 40. Okay. Let's go. And then he's laying the seven with Miami, not the Canes, the Red Hawks, on the road at Bowling he Green. He loves his Maxion. Uh, by the way, I'm going to give him six and a half because there's a six and a half right now at DraftKings. So there you go. That is our Adams plays. Mr. Humans, your recap of official plays here I'm on this I'm going to give podcast. you a big list. You ready? Ready. Okay, I've got this in pocket. So I've got Tennessee plus seven and a half. Penn State plus seven. I'm going Florida minus two and a half. Indiana plus 11. Nebraska plus 14. Syracuse minus three. Going BYU plus one, New Mexico State plus seven, Utah money line minus one sixty. I'm with you on that one, Tim. Uh, we're going uh, Hawaii plus seven and minus one thirty, and uh, Iowa State uh, sixteen and a half or seventeen. I'm trying to get seventeen on that game. All right, uh, I'll echo a couple of those. Iowa State, I'm in on that one. Uh, right now, 16 and a half. Let's hope for 17. I'll still play it at 16 and a half, maybe a little smaller, but I did grab 17 earlier this week. Oklahoma, minus eight and a half. Penn State, plus seven. I'm joining Matt on that. He convinced me. James Mattis, or excuse me, Georgia Southern, plus 11 and a half. And I'm going to do a money line parlay, Minnesota and TCU at plus 120. TCU Minnesota money line parlay at plus 120. All right. All right. That's going to do it. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Newman's 247. You can follow me there as well at 1 Tim Murray. We will be back in your feed on Sunday with the Lions Revealed show hosted by Jonathan Von Tobel. Once again, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your family about the VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Let's get ourselves some winners.